You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Philadelphia right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, we're so glad you're here with us today. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent at the AHL Report, and I'm joined each and every week by my tremendous co-host. He is our president and founder and editor-in-chief, and he is Rick Stevens. Thanks so much for being here today. How are you, Rick? Happy to be here. Yeah, with all this hockey going on, lots of good hockey. Mm-hmm. Rick, uh, Rick covers the Habs for Rocket Sports Media, and uh, those Habs seem to have punched their ticket to the to the third round pretty early. They're on on their way already to the semifinals. Uh, still, second round action going on with a lot of uh, really tight games. I'm completely enjoying watching Boston implode on itself um that's that's entertaining the grass getting pulled yeah um yeah i don't know if he was there was a slight injury there they, something was wrong i don't i'm not sure what it was but wait wait way to throw jeremy swayman just right into the fire um here you go kid like please please try to do something um the avalanche vegas series has just been electric uh, it's just a, a tremendous, tremendous series. Uh, it's you know playoff hockey this time of year. It's it's just a lot of a lot of fun. Um, NBA playoffs. Sixers advance. Sixers in the first round. Yes, I know they didn't win their first game, but still Sixers advance. Uh, NBA playoffs going strong in the second round, um, and it's just uh, it's a lot of fun uh, to be a sports fan right now. Um, also. As far as sports betting, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but it's America's top-rated sportsbook. Um, I love using DraftKings Sportsbook, actually. It's it's easy to navigate. It's got plenty of instructions for new bettors uh, and nearly limitless ways to get in on the action. Um, my friends and family have have really been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, and I know you will, too. Uh, listen, listen up to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that's still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Now, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball and hockey and so much more all week long. 
DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you'll claim 100 bucks in free credits. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And remember, that promo code is THPN. That stands for the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, As we said, we are an affiliate uh, here on the Press Zone. And being an affiliate and sponsored by DraftKings gets you perks just like that when you use promo code THPN. So be sure to head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, We have a great show for you today. Uh, The first thing we're going to do is talk a little bit about the Flyers and the Phantoms. And really, uh, the big news, obviously, for Flyers fans this week is that Ian LaPerriere will no longer be behind the bench uh, running the PK for the Philadelphia Flyers. And some of you might be cheering about that. Um, (laughs) And it's not because he's been uh, booted out the door. It's that he has been named as Scott Gordon's replacement as the new head coach of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And so we're going to break that down for you. Uh, We joined uh, the call yesterday when uh, Lappy and Chuck Fletcher spoke with the media via a uh, a press conference on Zoom. And so we'll be bringing you uh, some audio from that press conference from both LaPerriere and Chuck Fletcher uh, and get you up to speed uh, now that we know who the new bench boss is going to be in Allentown. Uh, in addition to that, we've got some goaltending news uh, regarding Samuel Erson and Felix Sandstrom. We're going to talk about those a bit. Uh, and, of course, uh, also want to get you up to date on that Flyers Alumni versus Flyers Warriors showcase that's coming up soon. Uh, they've they've made some more announcements on which alumni will be participating in that, uh, and tickets are still available. So we want to get you caught up on that. Uh, and then in our second segment, we go around the AHL, lots of AHL news that you don't want to miss out on for sure. Uh, we've got four new uh, season award winners to talk to you about. They're tremendous players. Want to give credit to them uh, as well. Uh, some things are happening out on the West Coast with the Seattle Kraken's uh, future AHL affiliate. Um And also, the big news was that there will be uh, some changes coming to the divisions, changes coming to the scheduling for the AHL in in the next couple of years. There's been a new uh, scheduling guideline plan that's been approved by the Board of Governors. So we'll break all of that down for you in the second segment. It's, it's, yes, it's kind of the X's and O's of the AHL uh, business side of things, but it's really interesting stuff and and will certainly uh, be uh, good. Good stuff to know, good tidbits to know for fans of the AHL. So, uh, Rick, we have a lot to cover today. It's a great show. It is a great show. Uh, so we are going to start with uh, the new head coach, 
for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and that would be one Ian LaPerriere. Uh, you know him, you love him, or you hate him. <laughs> Gotta say, fans, you typically feel one or the other. Uh, he has spent the last eight seasons behind the bench for the the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, survived the transition uh, after Hackstall left, after Scott Gordon came in as the interim. Uh, when A.V. took over, brought his his assistance in, LaPerriere remained. He was, he was the one who remained from the previous regime. Um, and before that, he spent some time, uh, after he retired, uh, he spent some time uh, first out of retirement with the Flyers uh, as the director of player development. And so, Rick, it's um, it's kind of coming full circle for LaPerriere. In fact, he said that yesterday, that as soon as, as soon as he heard a couple of weeks ago that this position was open, he knew he had to have it. Um, so it sounds like this isn't something that the Flyers came to him and asked him to make the move. This sounds to me like this is something he really wanted. Uh, it's his first head coaching position. And um, I, for one, uh, you know, I, I, Lappy is a great person. Um, Chuck Fletcher talked about, and you're going to hear some audio from him here shortly about how he gets along with everyone. He's a personable guy. He's a hard worker. Um, and I'm really interested to see what he'll do in that work with the young prospects uh, and taking over the AHL franchise. It's been a dozen years since his uh, last uh, day, last playing days uh, as a player, and and over that time has been building his uh, resume as far as um, you know, player development, assistant coach, um, came to to the Flyers organization as a free agent signing for Paul Holmgren, uh, July first, uh, two thousand nine, the same day that they that he signed uh, Brian Boucher. They came. Uh, uh, at at the same time, so listen. He's he's uh, he's paid his dues. Uh, he's uh, he's 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 uh, gone through two administrations now, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, we knew that uh, Scott Gordon wasn't Chuck Fletcher's guy, uh, and um, so that. There's this change. We'll see what happens. We'll see uh, who he uh, aligns himself with as far as assistance and and uh, see which direction he's going to take the Phantoms. Well, we have uh, we have some audio kind of touching on all of that. I, sh- I should mention Chuck Fletcher did say yesterday that he he said I should I should say first and foremost that Scott did a great job uh, in 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 Lehigh Valley. Uh, he also said that Scott was. Scott is one of the most successful coaches in the AHL. Uh, he certainly did not deny uh, Scott Gordon's abilities and the things that Scott Gordon did as coach. So a very strong endorsement for Scott Gordon's performance, uh, which I thought was um, very nice of Chuck Fletcher to be sure to do um, in because, there, you know, Automatically, of course, comparisons are going to be made. Is it that Scott Gordon wasn't doing this, and and Perrier is going to do this? And 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 Fletcher said, you know, I, it's not so much comparing the two. It's it's that there's some different ideals that we're organizationally trying to to do. Um, we will get that to that in a minute, however. So let's let's start with Leperrier. Um, as far as his first head coaching position and what he's going to bring to. Being a head coach for an AHL franchise, uh, here is what LaPerriere's first reactions were. Am I going to change? No, I'll be the you know energy guy who's going to bring uh, life at the rink every day and make sure we're 
we're on a positive side, and um, I think that's what the young guys need. And uh, they need a, a leader that's going to direct them towards the right direction to be, uh, you know, to find a chair for those guys, especially those young guys coming up from juniors that just don't know what kind of player they should be as a pro. Because when you get to this, le- this level, everybody was pretty good in junior or in college. And I feel like uh, my job and our, my staff's job is going to be to to find the right chair for those guys, for them to be successful for the Phantoms. And if they are successful with the Phantoms, they can move to the next level. I love working with the young guys. You know what? That's what I did as a you know, player development. And uh, being an assistant coach, I was always like uh, the, not the buffer, but the guy who, you know, played and could relate with those young guys. And I took that and um, I loved it. You know, it's um, his, his, and he even, he said it a few times. He said, my, my phrase is, I, I, my job is to help the young prospects find a chair, meaning it's his job. Now that they've come to the professional hockey table, he has to help them find which chair around the table is the right one for them to sit in. And I think that's an actually, I, I think that's an interesting analogy. Um, and you can hear the excitement in his voice that he really likes working with younger players. Through the development process, the um, that right chair isn't isn't determined by where you've been drafted, um, because as he said, uh, you know you've you've been successful um, in 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 wh- wherever you're coming from, but but uh, you know we we've seen the way players develop, uh, the way they react to to uh, learning and coaching and and adapting. Um, makes them uh, find different roles and different paths in in the organization, and and I think uh, that's a that's a pretty good indication that he understands that process. Absolutely, I thought so too. That for being his first day, for that to be one of the first comments that he made uh, is a really good indicator that he understands that there is a transition that needs to be made, and that those young prospects need help. In, in in guiding their path in, in their first couple of years. Um, and so on the converse side of that, Chuck Fletcher was asked, okay, why was Le Perrier the right the right move for the organization? And and this is how Chuck answered. I mean, obviously Lappy and AV have spoken several times over the last few days about next year and about systems and and they have a very strong relationship. But uh, you know, Lappy also has a very strong relationship with our player development staff and I think this move allows us not just to integrate how you know our, our AHL coaching staff with our NHL coaching staff, but as importantly to integrate uh, our coaching uh, at the American Hockey League level with our player development model that we've been working hard on for the last year to continue to have it evolve. And and uh, you know the American League's a big part of that development, and uh, we you know we have a lot of time down here, particularly early in the year, a lot of practice time where we can do different types of practices and do uh, more things from a, maybe from a developmental standpoint. And Lappy's been a development coach. Um, and again, the relationships are strong. So I think we have a chance to push that model forward a little bit more aggressively. But I think you heard Lappy speak there. He's about as honest as they come. Uh, he's emotional. He's energetic. He's full of passion and full of life. I, I've, I don't know that I've yet to, to meet anybody that doesn't respect or like him. And I think that ability to, to connect with people, uh, whether it's, you know, people in management, uh, you know, coaches, players, he just has that innate ability to, to connect with people. And, and I think the players will want to play very hard for him. 
I think that's a very strong endorsement, uh, particularly the the last half of that of that clip uh, from Fletcher talking about his ability to connect with people and that he feels that players are going to want to work hard for him. Um, but also, you know, coming back to the development portion, it's it's obvious, Rick, that you know we've talked in in different avenues with different teams that you know the AHL is a development league. Um, and that many times the systems that are in place at the AHL level are dictated by the systems at the NHL level. And Chuck Fletcher just laid that out, that LaPerriere and AV are already talking to one another. Those things are really going to be meshed so that there's a smoother transition from AHL to NHL. Um, and that the Flyers are full steam ahead focused on the developmental model uh, for the AHL. I, I thought it was a pretty, pretty encouraging soundbite. Yeah, he talked about uh, the players receiving a unified message, uh, whether it's at the AHL level, at the NHL level, or even in the from the developmental coaches. And and systems is certainly part of that. It's also uh, a unified message about nutrition or conditioning or um, the the image of the organization or discipline. Uh, all of those things play into it. And uh, I think Fletcher's putting in place that that. Uh, that's that's unified or organizationally wide. And if uh, if there's any doubt that those are going to be focuses for Le Perrier, uh he certainly cleared that up with this next soundbite. There's one thing I do have control of the ice thing. That's the thing I never controlled before, and players have to know that. And um, again, I want to bring like a way to you know the way we're going to play. It's the style of play I'm going to bring and a structure that me and Avi are talking about. Uh, you know, the, uh, there's a lot of stuff that won't be negotiable in the system. And if players don't do, players will make mistakes. Coaches will make mistakes that I can live with. But you have to stick with the system, with the structure that we're going to talk about and uh, hard work. And I, I mentioned it upstairs. I'm a, I'm a big believer in fitness and players that are going to play for me are going to have to be in shape or I'll get them in shape. And they know that guys that know me. And uh, the guys I coach with the Flyers that will play for me next year uh, here, uh, they know that, and I'm sure their word's going to be spread around. And, and for me to be a pro, you got to be a pro 24 hours a day. It's at the rink and away from the rink. And it goes from nutrition, the way you act around town, you represent the logo, and uh, I'm a big believer in that, and uh, that's my job to uh, make sure everybody is on the same page. He got to the end of that statement, and I wanted to run through a brick wall for him. Um, you know, I I love the strong, uh, you're going to play for me. It's a 24-hour-a-day job. It's at the rink. It's off the rink. It's around town. You're, you're representing the logo 24 hours a day. Um, guys who have played for me, word's going to get around pretty quickly that you better be in shape or I'm going to get you in shape. Uh, nutrition's a big deal. Uh, and, and that... I'm fine if you make mistakes and coaches are going to make mistakes as long as you're doing it under the guidelines in the system that we've set. You step outside of that, there's things that aren't negotiable. Like, very, very strong statement, but I was on border for all of it. And as I mentioned uh, from the last clip, yes, uh, systems, nutrition, conditioning, the image of the organization, he's going to uh, also stress work ethic and mm -hmm. effort uh, and 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 demand the maximum from from each player and I think for for players uh, all they want is is a coach who's fair who's honest 
uh, and who's passionate, and and uh, he seems to fill all those categories. He is. Um, so I asked my question to Laperriere yesterday was, okay, let's talk a bit about uh, the balance then that you need to be able to find. You know, Laperriere doesn't have a lot of AHL experience. He's only played what three. Five games? Three games? Three games. Three games in the AHL in his career. He spent most of his time in the NHL. Uh, when he wasn't in the NHL, uh, he pl- he spent some time in the IHL. Um, so, and he readily admitted, I, I have to spend some time, I will be spending time this summer learning more about the AHL other than what my experience from watching games and, and talking to prospects. Um, but my question to him was, so what's the key to the balance between focusing on prospect development, making sure they have a successful transition to the NHL if and when they're called upon to do so, and creating a winning environment for the AHL team with prospects and veterans on your roster. And this is how he responded. There is a fine line for sure. Like at the end of the day, like it's going to go back to the way I want the team to play and back into the structure. I'm going to have to have those kids buy in into that structure and if they do get better, it, it won't be like a free ride. Like, you know, if they keep making the same, uh, not mistake, but if they don't play in the structure, they won't play. I go back to my, um, uh, the only thing I control is the ice time. One of the big thing I control is the ice time. And it's part of being a pro. You know, if you do the right thing, if the coach is asking you to do this and you don't, well, there's consequences. And, um, you know, it comes with, if we have more guys doing it, we will win more games than lose games. But We'll see what kind of team we're going to have next year on paper, but it doesn't matter what team I get. I'm going to have to make them better. And it's going to be, even if they're Flyers prospect or they're not, if you wear a Phantoms jersey, I'm going to help you uh, be better as an individual. If, and if I do, and we do as a staff a good job, um, you know, we have, we'll win more game than lose for sure. Again, that unifying theme, uh, no matter what team I have, whether you're a Flyers prospect or not, I'm going to make you better as an individual player. And if we're all successful as a team, we're going to win more than we're going to lose. Doesn't mind if you make mistakes, but if you're not following the structure of the system, then you're not going to get the ice time. Um, (laughs) Pretty honest, pretty transparent. I think that uh, he comes across as a very black and white kind of person. And we know that in the AHL, you have to be extremely flexible uh, because sometimes uh, it isn't necessarily always based on uh, work ethic or, or how you practiced. Uh, the, organizational ha- the organization has some priorities too. Uh, they might be wanting to showcase someone for scouts who are watching, watching for a, mm-hmm. a trade that's being discussed. So he's going to have to uh, temper some of these, these uh, black and white views and, and become uh, more flexible. Uh, but he'll learn that as, as he goes on. And, and, and part of that is just uh, not having the experience uh, with the AHL, but but that that will come quickly, I expect. On the flip side, uh, our colleague Patrick Williams was on the call as well, and he posed a, a very similar question uh, to Chuck Fletcher. Then, after uh, Fletcher spoke after Perrier and and Patrick asked Fletcher about balancing between prospect development and 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 the winning environment at the AHL level, and this is how Fletcher responded. Yeah, they're strongly linked. I I don't think you can properly develop players unless you have a winning environment. Uh, Obviously you need a mix of players at this level to be successful from young players working their way in to the middle group players coming out of their entry level deals to 
to the right um, cast of veteran players to surround that younger mix. And that'll be on, you know, Brent Flair and, and our pro scouts and me to make sure we have the right mix of players for them. But, you know, our, our message, you know, to, to Lappy was clear. We, we want to win and, and maybe it's not win at all costs. And by that, I mean, you get, you got to win by playing your young players, but there's a way to do that. Other teams have done that. We've done that here successfully for many, many years pre predating me. Um, the Phantoms have always been uh, a very competitive team and we've always developed, uh, developed players well, and we're going to continue to do both. The key for me in that answer, our message to Lappy was we want to, we want to win but maybe not win at all costs. And that means you have to win by playing your young players. That is, that is something that a lot of GMs won't come directly out and say, but it's something that, that we have preached when, when we're frustrated with, with uh, systems and organizations that don't seem to buy into that of, uh, well, we want the winning comes first, so you win at the sacrifice of the development and ice time of your young players, so that you can get the wins with your older veterans. Um, Chuck Fletcher making it very clear: um, we want to win, and we want to win by playing the prospects. And I think, to be fair, we saw that with Scott Gordon this past season. We did uh, that. He relied. Uh, he trusted. He gave uh, a lot of responsibility to the younger. Players, there was those uh, the veterans that uh, uh, Fletcher talked about sprinkled in, and and they had their roles as well. But mm -hmm. uh, the vet, uh, the uh, the young players got uh, a lot of good experience this past season uh, with uh, Lehigh Valley. They certainly did. Uh, now, finally, you uh, you did bring up the question of his assistant coaches. Uh, he was asked about it. Um, he did say that he's 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 got some names in mind. Um, you're going to hear in this clip he ref he references Terry Murray because he was asked about Terry Murray because there's been some uh, a little bit of of talk on social media and so forth that perhaps Terry Murray is going to be uh, one of his choices. Uh, so he actually again very honest and transparent. He laid out for the media yesterday um, what his timeline is for deciding on assistant coaches and exactly the type of assistant coaches that he's looking for. But uh, for me, like a perfect um, staff would be, um, you know, a D coach who played the position before and does have a AHL experience and a forward with uh, more like a skilled player who does have a AHL experience. You know, the, you know, I'm in a tough position to hire a guy who never coach. I want guys that are better than me in certain area just to make everybody better. I'm not afraid of hiring like a, strong people and uh, people with more knowledge than me. And I, I believe that's what makes uh, a good staff when you have people with different opinions around you. And uh, I'm not looking for uh, babies, but I'm looking for younger guys, if you want, with, um, you know, I want, I want to teach. And for, I believe that if you want to teach, you got to show how to do things. I'm not saying Terry can, but he's 71 years old. As a younger staff, I feel like the staff I'm going to hire, I want them to be involved, not old school I'm not saying Terry's like that, but like when I first go, uh, I start playing, coaches would go to the board and show what they want the players to do. Well, I'd like to have a staff that will go out and if we need to show something, they'll go out and show it. And to do that, you need a, a little bit younger staff. So basically saying, you know, I, I like Terry Murray, I, I respect Terry Murray, but Terry's 71 uh, and doesn't sound like he's fitting into what LaPerriere is looking 
uh, to construct. I respect the fact that he he is aware that he doesn't have a lot of AHL experience and that his goal is he'd like to hire someone very strong on D and very strong as a forward, uh, both who have experience in the AHL. I respect that he says, I am not afraid to hire guys who know more than me about certain things. Um, and uh, he did say that he's probably going to wait until sometime in July. He believes there will be, as he said, more, quote, top-notch candidates available come July. So it sounds like he's waiting a little bit, um, and we'll see what he comes up with. But an interesting answer, I thought. I think so, too. Um, there, there are coaches who, who uh, th- there's different ways of teaching. He's, he's uh, looking for coaches who actually uh, can demonstrate the, and have the skills to demonstrate uh, the, the drills that, uh, that he wants uh, his players to run. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I think it's, I think it's smart that he, because he does not have as much AHL experience, I think it's smart that he's going to target guys who do have AHL experience, who can, who can bring that knowledge uh, behind the bench as well. So we wish Ian LaPerriere good luck. Uh, we will, of course, keep you posted as we find out more about those positions that, that need to be filled. Chuck Fletcher said, yes, the Flyers will fill LaPerriere's position uh, that he vacates behind the Flyers bench as well. So there is now an opening at the NHL level. We'll see who slots in to join AV and his crew up there. Um, moving on, though, there was there was some goaltender in. Uh, things that came out uh, this this past week as well. The the first of which is that um, Samuel Erson signed his three-year entry-level contract with the Flyers. Uh, he was a fifth-round pick in 2018. Um, Brent Flair saying, you know, that they're excited to get him under contract with the Flyers. He's steadily progressed since his draft year. Uh, he's had success in junior, the SHL, and the international level. Um, and so he uh, had been playing with uh, Brunus in the Swedish Hockey League. Um, he's 21 years old now, six foot two, 176 pounds, uh, looking for him to probably uh, probably join the Phantoms uh, this fall. Uh, one last thing before we wrap up and head over to our commercial break and bring you all of that break, kind of breaking and, and new AHL news. I uh, just want to give you an update. We mentioned last week that the Flyers alumni are going to face off in a showcase against the Flyers Warriors team uh, coming up soon. And uh, just an update on that. The VIP tickets for that are actually sold out, but the $20 general admission tickets are still available. Uh, if you ever head over on Twitter to at Flyers alumni, they'll have the links for you uh, on where to get tickets. But they, uh, we mentioned last week that John LeClaire was going to be playing for the alumni. Well, in addition to LeClaire, they've also announced that Mark Howe will be playing, Danny Briere will be playing, Riley Cote, Todd Fedorik, Mike New- Mike Newble, and Robert Esch uh, are just uh, more of the guys. That's about seven now that have been announced. It sounds like a great lineup of alumni facing off against the Flyers Warriors uh, who are coming home after playing a tournament in Minnesota. Uh, we're going to update you on the Flyers Warriors tournament, uh, hopefully uh, in the next uh, week or so. Um, but it sounds like a great so- showcase. Some some terrific Flyers alumni will be featured on the ice. Uh, general admission tickets only $20. Uh, so head over to Flyers alumni and grab a ticket and tell your friends. Um, 
And when we come back after this brief message, we are going to take you around the AHL, get you caught up on more season award winners like the top defenseman, the top rookie, the top goaltender, the league MVP. Uh, We're going to give you some news coming out of sunny California for the AHL uh, and also talk about some new things happening with the schedule in the next two seasons. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, Be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report or follow the podcast at the Press Zone. Uh, And once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. We're glad you're here with us today. Uh, You can also find us both on Twitter. I'm at Flyers Rule and uh, Rick is at All Habs. Um, And in this segment, we've got lots of AHL news to cover. uh, So we won't, uh, we won't waste a minute in getting to it. So the AHL has put out another, uh, there's been four more season award winners announced. We'll start with the Baz Bastian Memorial Award, um, which is the outstanding goaltender for the 2020-21 season. And uh, this kind of doesn't come as a surprise. It is Logan Thompson from the Henderson Silver Knights. Um, He was the he was named to the AHL all rookie team and the Pacific Division all star team this year. made 23 appearances for the Silver Knights, uh, and his record was 16-6-1 with a first in the league 943 save percentage and a second in the league 196 goals against. Um, I'd say that's pretty impressive, Rick. He's been terrific. (laughs) And uh, again, one of those guys that doesn't have necessarily a a linear path to his his pro pro career. He's 24 years old. 
never drafted, uh, played his junior in, in Brandon. Uh, then he played a bit in, in U sports, uh, for Brock and, and ECHL, uh, he, he pl- had some games there, uh, but really had his coming out this, uh, this season and um, was uh, an integral part of the Silver Knight success. If we move on to the Eddie Shore Award, which is the AHL's outstanding defenseman for the year, you don't have to go very far from the team that uh, he came from because Ryan Murphy of the Henderson Silver Silver Knights is this year's winner of the Eddie Shore Award. Uh, He led all AHL defensemen in scoring this year with five goals and 22 assists in 37 games. Um, and he had 14 power play points, which were tied for second in the entire league. Uh, and 78 shots on goal was uh, tied for first among all defensemen uh, in the league. And he was also named to the Pacific Division All-Star team last week. Uh, Rick, really uh, some pretty solid things coming out of Henderson and uh, Ryan Murphy certainly deserving of the Eddie Shore Award. Ryan Murphy was uh, drafted and and was drafted uh, a first round pick, twelfth overall by uh, Carolina. Uh, and played his junior in the Kitchener Rangers, uh, so I know him a little bit, um, <laughs> and uh, has um, a, a, a lot of experience in the AHL, particularly with the Charlotte Checkers, and and uh, now finding himself um, with uh, the the Silver Knights. Moving on to the Dudley Red Garrett Memorial Award. That's the AHL's outstanding rookie for the year. Uh, You'll find him wearing green. Uh, Texas Stars forward Riley Damiani has been voted the winner of the the Red Garrett Memorial Award. Uh, He was named to the AHL All-Rookie Team and the Central Division All-Star Team for the year. He led all AHL rookies in scoring and tied for third in the overall scoring race with 36 points. That's 11 goals and 25 assists in just 36 games for Texas. Um, He was the Rookie of the Month for March after scoring 15 points in 10 games, uh, including a streak of five consecutive multiple-point outings uh, and finished off his rookie season with an eight-game scoring streak. Rick, uh, I think we're going to hear that name a little more often coming up in the next season. (laughs) For sure. Um, Damiani also has a Kitchener connection. Uh, He was uh, the the captain of the Kitchener Rangers. We saw him get drafted uh, in Dallas, uh, he was drafted by the Dallas Stars in Dallas, uh, fifth round, 137th overall. And last but not least for the award announcements for today is the Les Cunningham Award, and that is the AHL MVP for this season. And that is TJ Tynan, forward for the Colorado Eagles. 35 points in 27 games, uh, had a 1.3 points per game average, ranking first among all AHL skaters who played at least half of their team's games this year. Uh, He finished second in the league for assists with 27. That's his third straight top three finish in that category. Um, Had assists in eight straight games from March 12th to April 11th, and then another nine straight from April 14th to May 9th two longest streaks in the league this season. Uh, He was the team captain for the Eagles and uh, also had a goal and two assists in two postseason games for Colorado. Uh, This it's just been an incredible year for TJ Tynan um, and, and Rick certainly deserving of the MVP. And what I also think is interesting 
especially for people who might more of the listeners who are who are listening to this show take a notice that all of these award winners that you're hearing this year they're all western conference Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's a good point and uh, of course uh they were the uh you mentioned the postseason points uh the pacific division was uh, the only one who had any kind of postseason play but uh, an impressive season for tj tynan uh at well above a point per game pace Absolutely. Now, last week, uh, we were uh, honored to have Patrick uh, Williams join us on the show again for kind of the AHL season wrap up. Hey, if you missed that, it was a really good interview, exclusive interview. We covered a lot of ground with Patrick. uh, So be sure you go back in the archive and and listen to last week's show if you did miss it. Um, But one of the players, Rick, that you had asked Patrick about, uh, who had uh, been significantly um, a part of the the Pacific Division postseason uh, for the Condor for the Bakersfield Condors was Adam Cracknell, uh, a former Laval Rocket player, um, and uh, turns out pretty much the next day after the show. I mean, the Condors wasted no time. They, you know. We talked with Patrick about what a what a value he was uh, when he played with Laval. Patrick then told us how his value has increased as he's gone out to the West Coast uh, and how and how much he is respected um, for what he does at his age in the game. Uh, the Condors obviously know what they have in Adam Cracknell as well because they've signed him to a new uh, contract just two days after the season ended. So uh, that will be his 16th professional hockey season when he takes the ice with the Condors this fall. And I think it's pretty tremendous to see Adam Cracknell uh, with a new contract already. Uh, at, at, his, at his stage of the career, um, you know, he brings leadership in the locker room, but he also uh, can do it on the ice and, and uh, leads his, his team by example, uh, 10 points in just six games in, in the playoffs. Um, we know that the Laval Rocket went out and, and got him precisely for his ability to, to um, provide that leadership. Uh, then Sylvain Lefebvre, when he was with the San Diego Gulls, or still, but they brought him there. And then uh, Cracknell went on to uh, uh, Bakersfield and has done the same in every stop he's he's made. And mm-hmm. uh, so, as you said, we, we, we talked about him uh, extensively last week and, uh, and uh, not a surprise that the Condors uh, signed him so quickly. Things are certainly changing around the AHL uh, and... This coming season, of course, we're hoping things will be uh, a little back to normal once we get to the fall of whatever the new quote-unquote normal is going to be as far as hockey is concerned. Uh, but the following season, it's going to be there's going to be some new things yet again, and uh, construction will now begin on a new $250 million, 300,000-square-foot arena uh, in Coachella Valley, uh, near Palm Springs, and that will be the home in 2022-23 for the Seattle Kraken's AHL affiliate. Um, it's been a couple of years of waiting, but they did hold their official groundbreaking ceremony this past week, so it means that things are officially underway, uh, and this upcoming season will be the last one that we don't see that uh, that just the the 31 teams there should be 32 teams uh in in the league uh coming up in uh 2022 so rick uh 
pretty pretty exciting. Seattle Kraken are are moving right along, and it looks like the arena is under going to be underway soon. There was a few delays and and a few changes of uh, location, let's say, uh, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Yes, the ground has been broken um, in Palm Springs for a, a 9,900-seat uh, arena. Um, and Tim Lewicki was there t- at the groundbreaking to make the announcements. Um, Tim Lewicki, where did I? Where do I remember that name from? Oh, here we go. Don't you start again? <laughs> oh, I won't. I shouldn't start. <laughs> you remember his daughter Francesca? Uh huh. Oh, oh, yes, Francesca. Right. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. She's uh, the VP for his company. <laughs> Tim, formerly with MLSC, his brother Todd with the Kraken, um, Francesca's husband uh, Troy Brody, uh, Bodie, um, mm-hmm. now uh, the Kraken's director of hockey. Yeah. And business ops. Remember all that? Yes. All the connections? All the connections. Uh-huh. They're going to do a wonderful job. Leave them alone. <laughs> um, no, it's all, hockey. It's it's all about the connections in hockey. And, it is. And, and hockey, believe it or not, no matter the league, hockey is a very small world. So uh, <laughs> you see names pop up and you always say, where do I know that name? I know that name from somewhere. That's right. And there's always a place. Uh, the last bit of big news for the AHL, uh, the business, the annual business meetings are underway. And uh, this week, the uh, AHL Board of Governors and President Scott Housen made an announcement uh, that the Board of Governors has approved what they're calling a schedule unification plan. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means that that season that the Kraken's AHL affiliate enters the league to make it a 32-team league uh, in the fall of 2022 – all teams across the league will play a 72-game regular season. Yes, let me repeat that. 72, te- 72 games for every team in the league, West Coast, East Coast, no matter the division. It means points percentage starting in 22-23 is gone as far as determining standings. We will we'll be able to see the American Hockey League go with a straightforward um, points standing standings uh, instead of points percentage. Um, And uh, this is, you know, it's some teams we know in the past, uh, the the California teams typically play less uh, games per season because of geographical distance to travel and so on and so forth. While the, you know, the rest of the league is playing 76 games. Um, It does mean that with all of the owners coming to the decision to to go to 72 games, it means that some are sacrificing uh, playing a couple of home games, which which does make a financial impact for for AHL teams. Um, So how do we get there? Well, there that means there's going to be some changes coming this coming season. Um, the Pacific Division will still just play their 68 games. And, and points percentage, Rick, I know you'll just be so happy to hear this. The points percentage will still be in play for this coming season. However, uh, the teams in the Atlantic, the North, and the Central Divisions were given the option of either playing the full 76 or they could choose to start playing 72 games. Depend, And that was a team-by-team decision. Um, and interestingly enough, Rick, um, it's kind of like a split. Uh, Laval is going to play 72 games. Uh, however, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms are going to play 76. In fact, in fact, the Phantoms in the Atlantic Division, half of the Atlantic Division is playing 76 games. Half of them are playing 72 games. So it's um, 
it's going to be a little interesting this year, I think. <laughs> so the the classic compromise: you come down a little, you come up a bit, and uh, they they sawed it off at, at seventy two games. Not this upcoming season, but uh, the season after that, everybody will be playing the, the same. And it's not only for um, the overall team standings; it's it's um, you know for 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 individual player uh, records and and. Uh, standings and and scoring and and all of the, it, it just makes so much more sense. It makes the the league feel more unified, and that's why they've called it as such. Absolutely. Um, they also announced the division lineups for this coming season. Um, everything is pretty standard. Keep in mind, Binghamton unfortunately is no longer in the league as of this coming season. Um, Utica changes affiliation to be affiliated with the New Jersey Devils and Abbotsford comes back into the league. So there's a little bit of, of shuffling, but the Atlantic division, uh, for where the Lehigh Valley Phantoms reside, uh, that'll be the Bridgeport Islanders, not the Sound Tigers anymore. The Charlotte Checkers, the Hartford Wolfpack, Hershey, Lehigh Valley, Providence, Springfield, and Wilkes-Barre. Um, for the Laval Rocket, the North Division will now look like Belleville, Syracuse, Toronto, Laval, Utica Comets, the New Jersey Devils version, uh, Rochester, and Cleveland uh, in the North Division as well. So... Um, can you believe like we're already talking about next season? Like these are things that are actually happening that are going to happen for next season. Uh, it's pretty exciting. And, uh, and if you're counting in your head, that means that the, Atl- the Atlantic, the division with Lehigh Valley Phantoms has eight teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the North division uh, contains uh, Laval rocket has seven central has seven Pacific has nine and they're expecting another. So, um, there will the be a new realignment. Se- yeah. There will be a new, I think, a new realignment uh, the following year. I think so too. Uh, so this may be there. There could be a, a quite a shakeup um, for for that 2022 season. Um, well, it'll be very interesting to see how the divisional lines are drawn. There's no way they're going to want 10, 10 teams in the Pacific. Um, that's that's a lot for a division. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. Uh, one last thing I just want to make mention of, um, you know, we we rely on Rick for so many things here mm-hmm. at Rocket Sports Media. We really do. Uh, the things that he does behind the scenes, I, I mean, he does the work of, of 10 different people. Right. Um, and last week on the show, you you made a, you know, you made a very, very firm affirmation to it us. It was bold. It was bold. Uh, we were talking about the world championships happening in Latvia, and uh, you said, "Well, there's so much hockey going on I at know. this time of the year that that I just wanted to be able to, you know, um, update my colleagues because uh, not everybody had a chance to to keep an eye on the world championships." That's right. Uh, and so you very, very, very firmly uh, made Declared, it clear, yeah, that, that Team ad- Canada would win the gold medal. No, that's not what you said. Without a doubt, uh, Team Canada would be winning the gold medal. Stop fibbing. We do have, we do have last week's podcast. Oh, do you want to play on it? record? Uh, do you, do have, you have the it? clip? Do you have? I was actually going to pull the clip, but <laughs> really? I didn't have time. Uh, you very emphatically uh, after after unceremoniously having their batoxes kicked by uh, Latvia 
and I think Kazakhstan, maybe they lost three in the US. The, their first three games. Uh, you you firmly said on last week's show. Well, if there's one thing that we know, it's that Canada will not be winning the gold medal at the World Championships this uh-huh. year. Is there anything you'd I, like I didn't to say, say this today? year? Did I? You did. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say today to your countrymen? I I I just. <laughs> I would say that I'm glad that they 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 took the challenge that I gave them oh, and okay. rose up so <laughs> that we could all be uh, delighted to hear the anthem played in probably the stunner of if if you were watching the world championships in the stunner Canada after the one of the worst openings to the tournament I Canada could have ever had nightmares about experiencing they scratch and claw their way back. Kudos to the te- to the guys on that team for getting the opportunity. Kudos to Gerard Gallant for getting them together. His stock uh, for interviews just went through the roof. Uh, and they come back and they beat Finland in the gold medal game to win gold. It's funny because there's a guy that um, I follow on Twitter that uh, is, is a Russian correspondent, follows uh, the Russian prospects, Tweets in English and and uh, prior to the Russian uh, Can- Canada game, he said, uh, "Boy, I'm looking at these rosters, and uh, this will be no contest whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Team Russia will mop the floor with Canada." And he said, "But uh, the only caveat is that that Russia usually finds ways to screw things up, and um, and Canada won that game. That's right. Canada won the U.S. Uh, game against the U.S. and then beat Finland um, in the for the gold medal. They did. Congratulations, the U.S. Uh, coming home with bronze. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, they beat Germany six one in the bronze medal game, and I I must say that that's not an indication of." of Germany not being up to the task. I think they I think Germany left everything on the ice in the semifinal the day before. Uh, they battled with Finland. It came down to our uh, for our Montreal Canadiens listeners, Munch, Marcus Eisenschmied playing for team Ger- team Germany had the goal tie a uh, game tying in the last minute, game tying puck practically on his stick and it didn't go in uh and then there was a terrible penalty and it was just, it was, it was all around bad. I think Germany left everything out on the ice uh, in that game. Didn't have anything to give the U S the U S was determined to, uh, to come home with a medal. And so Canada comes home with gold. Uh, Finland wins the silver. Finland was the defending champion uh, and the U S comes home with bronze. So credit to all the players uh, from all the teams who took time uh, in a, in a pandemic situation to go there and play. We know, well, for Team Canada, we know there was a lot of players who said no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why they ended up with the the ragtag roster that they did. Uh, but uh, like I say, credit to, to everyone who participated in, in the tournament and particularly those who uh, brought home a medal. And, and because of that uniqueness, guys, I think, got, I think, Part of the reason why it was so exciting for them to win it was because guys got to play who normally wouldn't because the roster spots would have been normally filled in a non-pandemic year, year with more uh, more of the, the players that you would expect to see on the roster. Um, it also was great experience for guys like Owen Power, 
Jacob Bernard Docker, um, you know, guys that you're going to be hearing a lot more names from. Uh, it was a very good experience for them to go over and to be able to face that adversity, be down like that in the tournament and come back and win the gold. So uh, I echo Rick's statements. Congratulations to everyone for pulling it off. Uh, it was it was entertaining. Lots of upsets. Um, uh, pretty, pretty fun to watch. Um, it's always fun to wake up on the weekend and there's hockey on it, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. It's always it's always a bonus when when it's uh, mm-hmm. when the tournaments are happening in Europe in Europe. Uh, that is it for us for this week. Um, enjoy the playoffs. Uh, second round is really heating up. As we see, the Canadians have already uh, sealed their uh, sealed their ticket to the semifinals. They're waiting to find out who they're going to play. Uh, but the rest of the series are still going strong. Lots of exciting hockey. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Be sure you are subscribed to the podcast. We'll have another great show for you next week. We've got some great interviews coming up uh, that you don't want to miss out on. And... Uh, That's it for us, really. Uh, Stay safe, uh, stay cool, and uh, enjoy playoff hockey. We'll see you back here again next week for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.